Hello and welcome back to From the Frying Pan. My name is Vince Cassay and I am the host of this podcast where we discuss things all related to the restaurant industry. Today I want to talk about math. Math is not my strongest subject. I often hear from many people in all walks of life, but definitely in business. I always find it amusing when people say math isn't their strongest subject or I'm not really good at math. Do they mean like calculus, trigonometry, you know, the crazy hard stuff that engineers need to learn? Or is it the easy stuff like addition and multiplication that we learned in school for 12 years and practice sometimes depending on what we do? I was always good at math and I always really enjoyed every math class I took. So when it came to the restaurant business being inundated with math in every direction, I was very excited that that would be a daily thing that I would participate in. I love the problem-solving aspect. I like that there was only one answer, for the most part, to any problem that was related to the math. And I like that there was generally only one path to find that particular answer. I look at running restaurants in a very, very similar fashion. The restaurant business is a people business, and we've said it before, and I'm sure we'll say it again. Plain and simple, it's run by people, we are serving people, and we are striving to get more people, and to enjoy people in the process. But success is generally about numbers. Numbers going up, numbers going down, managing numbers, tracking numbers. Everywhere we look and perform, there are numbers flying straight at us. Invoices, profit and loss statements, scheduling matrix, reservations, contests, social media posts. The list can conceivably go on forever. While I will always say people are what this business is about, I will tell you that numbers are equally as important. I reference a movie scene in the movie Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe where he's staring up at the ceiling in his dorm room and he's seeing all of these different numbers moving around, shuffling, reorganizing themselves and floating. It looks very organized and coordinated as he stares at all of them in amazement and they come together and there's something really magical going on for him in that scene. I feel very much the same way about running restaurants and numbers. I feel that as talented restaurant managers and GMs and managing partners and owners and entrepreneurs, I feel as if when they walk through their restaurant, they are seeing these numbers, literally in all shapes, sizes, patterns, equations that are tied to them. Uh, When you walk into the cooler, I'm looking at different pans, boxes, Lexans, Cambros, and literally doing math in my head as I scan through inventory. At the end of the night, as I check the servers out, I'm counting glassware, china, silverware, just to see what is lost, what's broken, what's missing, and what I will need to be ordering that week. As I take a quick overview of the liquor storage closet, I'm doing the exact same thing. Are we missing bottles? Do we have enough to get through the week? Are we maximizing our ordering in a strategy to get the best cost ratio for the drinks that we make with those particular liquors? And as I stand at Expo, and I'm sure chefs will be in the same position, examining each plate or bowl that goes out to the guest, I am scanning for portions and preparation of ingredients for that dish based on what it should be and what we've costed that dish at. You see, to truly be successful, the numbers should be analyzed at all times. And I think the most challenging part is that you need to know all of them and the equations that are tied to them. How much a filet costs you coming in the back door? How many servings of Brussels sprouts are yielded from a 20-pound case? How many pours of liquor come from a one-liter bottle? How many glasses fit in a cooler? And how many break per day and why? And once you know the number and the equation 
then there is true meaning to what you're doing as you walk through the restaurant. And with that meaning, you were able to better manage its path and the value that it serves in that restaurant to you as the operator. Here's one of my earliest stories I'd like to share with you as it relates to this ideology. I was working in a restaurant that had stuffed chicken on the menu. It was a very big seller and we prepped them every single day. One day, as I watched one of the line cooks prepping prepping this particular dish, I asked him how many orders of stuffed chicken fit into a third pan. He looked at me very puzzled. Why, he asked. Well, I want to know when I'm looking at the shift coming up if we have enough. But I don't want to sift through numerous pans to figure it out and get chicken juice all over my hands, etc. So I'm just curious. Well, my cooks were used to the weird questions from me because I was constantly asking these types of questions. So he kind of shook his head. I'll tell you when I'm done, he said. A few moments later, the orders that were in a pan were 16. Excellent, I said. Thank you so much. Of course, he rolled his eyes and went back to working. Well, now at this point, I know that there are 16 orders of stuffed chicken in a pan, which is actually 32 stuffed chicken breasts. And if he makes three pans every day he works, and it takes him about 90 minutes to stuff all of them, this is good information for me. But that doesn't include the 35 minutes of prepping the items that he will stuff the chicken with. So this was all really useful information for me. So what did I learn in this situation? Well, I learned a lot actually. Not only is this one of the most prep-intensive items on the menu, but we sell a lot of them. And their value in my mind just went up. I also have a benchmark for prep time and yield for this item. So on busier days, I can make sure we have enough of them and some to open the following day so we're not caught behind. And when I get a new line cook on that particular station, I can monitor and guide them to our level of expectation in terms of speed and productivity. Numbers. It's all about numbers. And that was just one single menu item on the menu for this particular restaurant. So while you're writing prep sheets and you're placing orders and you're doing line check and bar checks, and over the 20 years that I've been doing this repetitiously every single day, these particular behaviors forced me to be very curious and very good at math. The size of the pan you place the product in, how many portions will fit into that pan of whatever whatever item we're talking about, and how much you will need for that shift are all tied together. Then you go into the freshness and the quality integrity that you're looking for from those products, and fundamentally, how are you going to manage those small details and run a great restaurant, impress your guests, and make the money you're supposed to make. If you've ever stepped behind a bar, and looked at the fruit the bartender has prepped and it's on its second or third or fourth shift, you know exactly what I mean by quality. If you've ever seen steaks that were broken out of their cryovac at the beginning of the shift, not wrapped, and then you go to open that pan the next day, you know what I'm talking about in terms of quality. Your brain needs to be wired to look for these things. Number one, because you are preventing poor quality to go through your kitchen end up on a plate and end up in front of the customer. It needs to be looking for problems before they exist because ultimately management is about removing obstacles so team members can perform at the highest level, provide the highest level of performance, product, service, whatever it is that they're in charge of. That's ultimately what the manager's job is for. So your brain, by the way, is a natural problem solver by design. It loves taking information and problem solving. And it will solve the problem whether 
you want it to or not. And it will give you the solution that it deems most necessary. So your focus is really important on this one because if you're looking to solve the right problems, your brain's going to help you do that. So, and it doesn't matter what the problem is, it's always ready for the task. So you might as well feed it pertinent information and ask the right questions. So for example, do I have enough of this product for this shift? It will differ between Monday and Saturday, lunchtime and dinner time. Will this product maintain its quality and for how long if it is stored in a certain capacity? So do we want a damp cloth on top of the herbs? Do we want a false bottom under the fish? Do we want ice on top of the mussels? All of these things come into play. If the raw cost of a product plus the labor cost added to that divided by the menu price equals the actual true cost of that item. So a lot of times what we don't do is say, hey, um, this item costs this much in a vacuum, but we don't consider the labor that's involved in that and how much waste there might be, etc. So these are the types of things when you're looking at costing out a menu, it can't be in a vacuum. It has to be realistic and you have to take these things into consideration. Um, if you lose 10% of the product due to either over-ripening um, or natural waste or trimming or something like that, um, are you taking that into consideration when you're costing out your menu items? If you ever watch a bartender sit there and pour a beer and it's at an angle so it doesn't foam too much, but you watch the foam go over the edge, over the edge, and you probably lose three ounces of raw beer pouring a 12 ounce beer for a guest. Well, well, if you're costing your beer out at 12 ounces, you're doing yourself a disservice because you're actually pouring 15 to get 12. Um, so there is an actual waste already tagged to that because of the behavior of your bartender. So, you know, the restaurant business is numbers. It's numbers, numbers, everywhere you look, you have to be inundated in them and you have to know them. So here are some steps I recommend to increase your ability to manage and run better numbers. And some of these are going to be very obvious, um, but they take a little discipline and they take really a calculated attempt at putting your best effort forward to understand what you need to know, how to apply that information, and then kind of manage it backwards. So step one, read your invoices every single day. Don't miss a single day that you work. You work five or six days a week. You're there for probably eight to 14 hours, depending on what your schedule is. Spend some time every day. Don't let it pile up. Just let it do it every day and look over the items on there. Go line by line, read what the product is, how it was delivered to you, and in your mind, be thinking about how you use that product. Step two, look at your prep sheets. Look at them every single day and review your walk-in shelf by shelf every day for 30 minutes. This was something that I did in every restaurant that I ran as soon as I knew things were caught up and running excellent. Or the first thing I did that morning, depending on what time I came in, was spend time in the walk-in. So you go in the walk-in and you go shelf by shelf, pan by pan, looking at dates, looking at how things are stored, looking at what the remainder is, what you're going to need versus what the prep sheet says. Are you running out of certain products? Do you need to be prepping more? How are things being stored? Um, looking at all of those things. And what you're doing is you're getting an understanding on minute changes that happen every day. If you have four pans of a product, you make four more. At the end of the day, you have six pans left over. 
then you probably didn't need to make that particular item, but you won't know until you spend the time in there every day looking for those changes and variances. Step three, every day that you work in the building, whether you are a chef, a managing partner, an assistant manager, a key employee, whatever it is, you should walk the line and become familiar with every pan, what the setup on it is on each station, open every drawer, look in every reach and cooler, and ask the cooks and the chefs and the other managers key questions. How long will this pan of whatever it is last you? Will it last the shift? Will it last all night? Will there be any left over? Is this enough or too much for this particular shift? Um, do we save or throw away this product at the end of the night if it's left over? Some things carry over to the next day and some things have to be thrown out. Um, I would look in your trash cans at the end of the night before the line cooks start closing down um, to see what they're throwing away. Uh, because some things are just by attrition, you know, the battle back in the, the kitchen. Some things are just lost. They're casualties of war. And you need to get an idea of what you're losing that isn't going on a plate, but you're actually buying or prepping. Also, look at the ones in the dish pit. We will give you a good idea of what's coming back from the tables. Um, and, and that's something good to take into consideration. Step four, and this one is very difficult, and it's the hardest one to get into a, a normal routine in most restaurants, but I highly recommend it, even if you only do it for a certain amount of time. So I'm going to say if you're not currently doing a waste sheet in your restaurant, let's pick two weeks. Every single manager does it in terms of the closing manager, and you're going to log every single thing that's thrown out and how many. So if you throw out 10 meatballs or four pounds of pasta or fried chicken tenders that were overcooked or a pound of french fries, whatever it is, you're going to write it all down on a piece of paper. You can make an Excel sheet that's real cute and has the cost per serving or per item per pound, or you can just take a blank piece of paper, put the date on it, and write everything that you throw away. You're going to do this for a couple different reasons. Number one, it is a blaring result of behavior in terms of waste. Did you prep too much? Did we heat up too much? Did the cook overcook things? Whatever it is. But it is for a collection of information. It is not to have any dialogue with the cooks at all whatsoever. No reprimanding, no yelling at people. You can coach them in the environment afterwards, maybe the following day when they're setting up. But this is a collection of information. You want all behavior to continue as normal because you want to see what is going on. So do the waste sheet at the end of the night, log it all down, talk about it at your manager meeting, act on it the following day. Hey, we're going to make less of this. We're going to heat this up to order. We're not going to put this much of whatever product you're doing in a pan and see if we can go through a little bit less. Step five, um, and this is a standard practice, you should be doing this regardless every day, every chef, every sous chef, assistant kitchen manager, um, the general manager, whoever it is that has eyes and control over money in your restaurant should be running a product mix every day and doing some really genuine math. So for example, today you prepped 40 stuffed chicken, you had 10 to start, and you're left with 20 at the end of the night. So in theory, you have lost or used 30 orders of this particular product. Your product mix says you sold 26. So the first question you want to ask yourself is, where did those four go? It's two orders. Was it an overcook? Did someone call for it in the kitchen and it was never rung in? Did it get overcooked and thrown away? What happened to those 
two orders. And you really need to be thinking about that once you look through this product mix at the end of the night. What I recommend for people that are good with things like this and already have a system in place is make two different lists and combine them together for this product mix. And what you're going to do is you're going to pick your high selling items. So the top 10 high selling items, you're going to track those. And then you're going to pick your top 10 highest cost items and you're going to track those so your highest cost items are generally going to be meat and seafood your highest uh, sales items are generally going to be your big winners on the menu or the things that you go through a lot and what you're going to do is get a really really close view of i go through a lot of this here's how i can make sure that we're not losing money on the cost of these items and then you're going to look at this other list and going hey fillets are 16 dollars each i need to make sure we're never missing one and if we are someone has to have an answer for that same thing with fish etc the list goes on so you're gonna pick 10 and 10 and you're gonna track them and you pick the amount of time but I will tell you that you will pick up immediately where your deficiencies are where you're losing money or possibly where money can be gained one of my favorite sayings uh, a guy that I used to work for used to say what measured gets managed and this is a hundred percent true what you decide to measure on paper will become a dialogue in your restaurant it will become a focal point for your management team and the team that you're working with whether it's bartenders line cooks whatever but whatever you're measuring and walking around with a clipboard or making notes on and having dialogue will absolutely become the center focus of that particular time period so if it's labor if it's food costs whatever it is Math is going to be involved and you're really going to have to get in tune with math being a daily practice and an indicator on am I doing well? Am I not doing well? What areas do I need to focus on? So for every aspect of running a business, I feel like that becomes the absolute thing. What measured, what gets measured gets managed. Food costs, labor costs, supplies, comps, all of them deserve some sort of measurement uh, on a daily basis and from the managers a focus Now, can we focus on everything all the time no but you can take a few things make an impact and then allow the team to continue to focus on that and then you pick your next agenda so this week it might be labor next week it might be meat cost the week after that might be spillage behind the bar you have to figure out what your particular business needs where the deficiencies are and how to improve in those areas and all you want to do is move the needle in each area and get better and you only can do that if you know where you are you know there's no way to raise the bar on a standard until you know where you're at on that standard um, then it's as easy as making a game plan to improve work through your people um, and get great results and and allow them to buy into it it can't be a whipping post of hey you guys are killing me you're costing me all this money this is why i don't give out raises no let's work as a team let's achieve something excellent together let's make sure that we work with a purpose um, and we're doing great things together and we're all on the same page that is the number one leadership momentum in the restaurant that you want to create is people headed in one direction focused on one thing and achieving the highest level of standard on whatever that one thing is so good luck on your journey and running a better, a better restaurant um, i hope this talk about math has helped inspire you a little bit and dig in and kind of learn to love numbers if it's not natural for you it's time for it to become something that you show a little discipline on if it's natural for you and you just needed some structure or some good ideas i hope that this was helpful in that regard too 
Thank you for listening to From the Frying Pan. If you like the content that I've shared and look forward to more, please don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast and share it with some fellow restaurateurs, your assistant managers, your future key employees, your assistant kitchen managers, your sous chefs. Share it out. Email it, text it, whatever you need to do. The more people that I can help run better restaurants, the better we all are poised to really recover and make money and lasting impact in our restaurants. Thank you so much. Have a great shift. This was From the Frying Pan, and I'm Vince Cassay.